When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Jobeth. It's Liz. Hey, it's Ariel. Are you guys ready? Yep. Yeah. Hey, it's a, it's Air Quote Law Pod, and we are coming at you after some really fucked up weeks for all of us. We are actually recording less than 24 hours before we drop this episode, which is normally not the case. So it will be unedited, as yeah, are all it's our episodes. Be completely unedited um, with our crazy little sound effects in there for fun. Um, Put a little motorcycle noise in there as a throwback to Meatloaf, who died this week. What? I mean, like this is literally like the celebrity death podcast because every time we shoot one it of is. these episodes, somebody that Liz did not know died recently died. And My husband loves Meatloaf, the food and the music. Yeah, he he gone. Uh, that was a couple <sighs> days ago, and uh, Louis Anderson also. I don't have any sound effects for Louis Anderson, um, but yeah, we we we're not going to really dwell on. Uh, celebrity deaths on this podcast but certainly we'll mention them if there's some segue to do so or if they are substantial everybody's dying we'll get into that a little bit later um what do you guys got going on this week what has made this week uh a nightmare for y'all um i have been working writing a report for the line of duty death for a firefighter so it was a really depressing week um, it's always really hard to spend, you know, a lot of time talking in detail about kind of a tragic incident and how things happened the way they happened. And yeah, so we did that. And then my wife lady had invited people over for drinks way earlier than I thought. So I just was like, I cried in the car, came home and then, you know, got myself dressed and had people over. And then you got to have this dumb, dumb dude who's representing himself as opposing counsel in a case. And, you know, you can't help stupid. So those are always fun. Sometimes at least I'm making a lot of money off the fact that he's calling me. But I feel really bad for my clients having to pay for this. But there you go. Yeah, it's it's I've found when I have situations that have somebody pro se on the other side of them, it's kind of a double edged sword because 
sure you're going to be able to do things and kind of steamroll that individual 99% of the time, but it sure does not make the process any more efficient. Like they, they tend to get hung up on the stupid shit. It's a waste of time. Like you said, you're dealing with a bunch of phone calls, which yeah, sure. You're, you're getting paid. You feel bad that you've got to bill your client for it, but it's not furthering your client's case, which sucks for them. And it sucks for you because it's a waste of time. And yeah. So, yeah, uh, I just like, I can't help this man because he doesn't understand the law. So he's like, this is what I think is fair. And I'm like, cool, you're going to go to court. You can't offer like a negotiation, like a settlement offer of $5,000 when like a court is going to like at minimum give these people $16,000 based not on what you think is fair, but this is contract law. And hire uh, a lawyer. lucky if they don't go higher than that, you need a fucking lawyer, but yeah, so if you're listening to this and you're thinking about uh, getting into some sort of legal situation and ah, I can handle this myself, you probably can't. There are you can't because even if you were to know the law, like this guy is going to potentially get a default judgment against him because he hasn't read the paperwork that came from the court saying he has 15 days to file that he is defending himself in this case. And I have now three times told him to read the paperwork that came with it was like when the complaint got sent, there was papers from the court with instructions. I encourage you to review them. He hasn't. I can't help him. And I like literally because it's a conflict of interest, I can't say to him, you need to file a notice of intent to defend. So yeah. he's going to lose this case. And even if you can't afford a lawyer because it's like a civil case, yeah. there are sometimes resources available library of maryland yeah like online they often um a while ago pre-covid i would do um like it was called lawyer in the the lobby i know they've also had i think when i was in law school there's one called lawyer in the library i'm pretty sure they have them everywhere where you can sign up for basically it's just like 15 minutes Mm -hmm. to talk to a lawyer and that will at least get you further because you know even if it's not if it's like someone came to me about contract law I don't do contract law, but I could at least look at a piece of paper and say like, oh, you do need to file a notice of intent to defend. Here's the link to the court website where the forms are and it'll point you in the right direction. And so that 15 minutes of time will, you know, help. And it's not like you can only do that more than once. You can, you know, get all the free resources you can because I mean, yeah, you're gonna have to work to find them and get them, but it's better than not. You go to one of those things a lot of times, those attorneys that are there, if they are one that does handle that or knows enough about it, a lot of times attorneys that show up to do those things, number one, they're volunteering their time while they're there. And they are more likely, this is certainly not a guarantee, but they are more likely to be willing to take on some cases at a discounted fee because they understand the nature of where they are, where they're being contacted. So I'm not saying that that will happen at every one of these, because again, you show up to a, 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 an event like that, that I'm at with a contract case, I'm going to do no more than what Liz just described, kind of point you in the right direction. I, I would be doing you a disservice to represent you in that kind of case, but there are other situations where you do have the right person and they may offer a substantially reduced fee. In, in handling or even that. send you to someone like if that happened to me and they I would say you know but I can send you to like my friend Ariel and you know I'll let her know like this is where we met this is the circumstances so maybe like you know you'll get a little bit of a lower fee because you're showing that you're someone that actually 
cares about your case and is gonna put in put in the work to help themselves yeah I have a quick question that you guys can help me with so because he's an attorney not an attorney and he can't e-file does he have to hand deliver these things to the court in Baltimore County yes can he mail them he has to no I think he can mail them yeah okay I mean, and, you know, a I mean, couple years the, ago, I would have been less concerned about that. But now mail is kind yeah, he's, of he, he's at the at the, you know, he should probably be hand delivering stuff the way the mail is because there are still time deadlines. and I, everything like that. I don't mail things in if I can help it because Baltimore City is still not on electronic filing. And um, while things could be mailed in and a few years ago. And before um, electronic filing was standard and we mailed things everywhere, I would often mail them in if it wasn't time sensitive, but I don't do that anymore because just who knows what's what's happening. I mean, mail is certainly better than it was, but I feel like when mail was bad, it just kind of, it ruined mail for me. Yeah, same here. I mean, it's, it, we're still at the point on the injury cases where everything gets mailed to us when we settle cases, which sucks. There's nothing we can really do about it. The bar wants the paper trail. So even if companies were willing to wire us funds, they won't or they shouldn't. You know, we, we shouldn't be accepting them at this point in time until we get some other uh, some other directive. Um, but yeah. So, so what, Joe, what, what do you have going on? Oh, me? Yeah. Um, I'm recovering from a really weird evening last night. Um, so I got contacted, I want to say a month and a half ago about somebody who, so this is a weird convoluted story. So also, is everyone else's sound okay? Cause you sound strange to me, but it might be my headphones. I'm not, I, I, I can't hear myself, but I mean, I do, but I can't sounds fine. If, if it sounds okay, weird. It's a but, thing. Um, so there's a, a medical marijuana dispensary, probably about 10 minutes from me. And somebody who works there, who I know, um, and, and works there not as a, what they call them, bud tenders. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't work in the, 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 the marijuana side of things, but does like marketing and promotional stuff or whatever for them. Apparently they've got at the property where they are, they, they recently have like included in their lease some really big building that basically it's it's kind of connected to the dispensary and um it there was a time in which it was rented out to a church so it's like a big open area there's a stage in there and all this other stuff so they were they booked this i guess somebody they've got a friend who knows somebody who considers himself to be a comedian um who was trying to book a comedy show there. So she reached out to me and said, Hey, do you want to do any sort of uh, magic stuff as part, you know, like do 15, 20 minutes in, in the midst of this. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? There, there are certainly situations in which magicians and, and mind readers have opened for comedy shows have opened for bands, even all sorts of shit like that. So I'm like, whatever, I don't care. Um, I'm relatively new to, stage performance and this stuff anyway so i'll take any fucking opportunity i can get and then i'm like if you need other comedians i know a guy who's connected to a lot of comedians being mark um and i said i can connect you with him and basically i connected them and 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 he helped book the rest of the comedians so we get there and 
it is what they call uh, what did they call it a safe zone uh something like that it basically was a place where if you had a medical card and consumables you could consume them and you the only restriction was no open flames in the building so this place was uh i think the, the kids are calling it dank um there i guess a lot of people were vaping there they had these little weird butt plug looking contraptions that i guess they were somehow without fire smoking marijuana but it was thick the the fucking the smell of it in that place was ridiculous and so almost everybody was off their rocker to start with medically <laughs> of course and it was you know it was set up for comedy and like they, they had tables set up in the back and it was just so for the whole crowd i think you know for the whole show every comedian the good ones the bad ones the ones in the middle and my stuff too it was it was pretty like dude you guys are here to see a comedy show like pay the fuck attention get with it like it just from that perspective it kind of sucked um you can't really control the audience that you're in front of it is what it is i actually had some forethought that i would have a weird and potentially inebriated audience so i had worked some stuff into my routine that would have kind of played into that but when people are in fucking la la land they're not really picking up what you're putting down and the the biggest issues that i had was the way that the room was set up i was nowhere near close enough to the people to the audience the stage was like fucking three feet high it was crazy and you know i don't have like you know i'm not i don't have any like big production shit any you know disappearing cut people in half um you know big box stage illusions as they call them which would play to a room like that um i wasn't doing card tricks i did a a trick that used a deck of playing cards as a as an implementation i showed six people in the audience different playing cards that i didn't see and then read their you know figured out what their cards were um but it it, it also was very dark and they didn't have any way to turn up some lights without turning on all of the lights, which I also didn't want them to do. And then the real kicker, which again, for me, starting to do this stuff, I'm glad that these kinds of things are happening early before I've really figured out what the fuck I'm doing um, so that I can kind of iron out some of these potential issues before, you know, maybe I actually decide to start doing this other places and, you know, my performance actually matters. Um, they, the, the, the way that the room was set up, the, the ceilings were high. It was super the audience was high. The audience was high. The ceilings were high. Fuck. By the time I got on stage, I was fucking high. Okay. <laughs> And that is not a world that I venture into. I'm, it, this is not making a judgment onto anybody or, or anything like that. It's just not my choice to do it. So there were literally some things that I cut short in my routine. Cause I'm like, and I was like, dude, you guys, and, and I, you know, I made it apparent that I said, listen, I'm in this room with you and I don't 
partake, although I have tonight. So there may be some things that you see tonight that don't work. And everything I did worked, but part of that was because I could see where I was going and I knew what I needed to do to accomplish certain parts of things. And I hit the ejector button on some of the stuff that I did. The worst part about it all with the layout of the room, I usually do not like to use a microphone. Like when I did the shows two months ago in the Elkton Theater, it's, it's a pretty small and intimate setting. The ceilings are, you know, normal height. So you could talk that room and not have to use a microphone. And I didn't. And I tried initially. And fortunately, I had friends of mine were hired to do to bring alcohol because they have offsite catering license or whatnot with their liquor license so they could sell alcohol because this is not a normal venue like there's no kitchen they had a food truck there and um so they're in the back of the theater if you call it that and i was like look i'm gonna try to do this without the mic so you know give me a heads up if you can or can't hear me and immediately they were like um you know no so they did not have they all they had was a handheld mic and if you've ever been to any sort of magic or mind reading show, you know that does not work. Like I need to be holding things. I need to be picking things up and, you know, fanning out cards in a deck of cards. None of that shit works with a handheld microphone. So I, I recorded this last night and I don't know that I will ever fucking watch it. I don't know that I can bring myself to watch it. I believe it to, I mean, again, everything that I did from a performance standpoint worked. Like it wasn't like any of my, my uh, routines went sideways or anything like that. And I think that the people who were in the first couple rows enjoyed it. But overall, like it just the, the rest of the room, for the most part, it was kind of dead. And even the good comedians, because there were some decent comedians there last night, there was just really no fucking reaction from the audience, like not like you would expect in an actual comedy club. So it was a really weird. You think the audience had fun? I, I... And do they have fun for the right reasons? I, I think that they were enjoying themselves, yes. But were they having fun for the right reasons? I, I think that, like, literally, before I went up on stage, I with in reading the audience from where I was standing in the back, I was joking around with, you know, my friends that were catering the alcohol. And they were like, and I was like, should I even do my fucking routine in front of these people? Like, I, I, I feel like I could go up there and do fucking anything. And the reaction is going to be exactly the same, no matter what I do. He's like, and, and my buddy is like, you should just go up there, introduce yourself, pause for 30 seconds and say, thank you. And everybody's <laughs> going to think they just saw a fucking pre- a, a thing that they fucking <laughs> forgot about. Um, there, oh my God. there were. I've never heard of like those safe zones before. It was, it was, it was, it was weird. So now is I'm this up, like a new thing. Am I just like old and I, out of touch? I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know that it's, I mean, you know better than I do. Is it, what, what is, what is the, so in Maryland, we have medical marijuana. Obviously you have to have a medical card issued by a doctor, but also cannabis under 10 grams. Is it still 10 grams? 
Yeah, but is, it's not it's not legal. It's People decriminalized, say it's legal. meaning it's that they'll write you a civil citation. So but it's like a traffic ticket. It's right. like, I mean, you know, at some point, what what does it mean? It's still it's still a bad law thingy. So right. And it's all convoluted and it's it's you yeah. know all, all mixed up. But if if somebody had a medical marijuana card, can they legally stand outside in a public place and smoke a joint that was that was given to them by a legal medical marijuana dispensary here in the state of maryland you're looking at me like i should know and oh i wish we were editing this so we could edit out the part where i i don't know um i don't know usually by the time people come to me they've been in trouble and i have not seen that situation happen yet i don't think i don't know I, I'm don't ask me this. <laughs> some thing there otherwise this safe zone type of setting would not have been needed to have been designated yeah i mean i think it's like open containers with alcohol right like you can't just drink on the street but if a street is blocked off for like uh you know a block party it's different right so weird night yeah so yeah, yeah i'm up sorry. early this morning looking at and, and doing research on um you know lavalier mic systems that are wireless that are going to cost me a couple hundred bucks because i don't want that i, I don't want you know because a lot of times when you are performing somewhere you don't know what you're getting yourself into like you have an idea but until you show up and really see hey what's this place going to look like what are the sight lines like What's the audio and the acoustics like? Even, even like some of the comedians, because when I was done and before I went, I was in the back of the room. And, you know, for a stand-up comedian, a handheld mic is all of your fucking equipment most of the time. So they are used to using that. They're used to speaking into it. It is, you know, second nature to them. I couldn't even make out half of what they were fucking saying from where I was. So, you know, it just, it was a, it was a weird it was a weird setup. There's certainly some things that they probably need to tweak if they're going to continue doing stuff where they did it. Um, I mean, otherwise it was a nice layout. There was an okay crowd there. Like, you know, it was just, I, 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 yeah. Getting a little fucked up on the, on, from the air was, was also not uh, super helpful for, for me. But again, I got through all my stuff that I didn't decide you know, preemptively to just not do because, you know, there, there's, I have to use my hands. That was the biggest thing. Like it was really like the, you that's know, what she said. The, the coordinator of the event. Yeah. I mean, eventually <laughs> that's what it comes to. Right. Um, you know, the coordinator coordinator of the event quickly picked up on what was, what the issue was, ran up on stage, grabbed the microphone and then started following me around holding the microphone Oh my god, my this face. gets I'm like, more this of a is, disaster. This is fucking awkward. And there's shit that like, like for the part of the routine where I cut a big chunk of it involves me taking a book and opening it so I can't see and the spectator can see opening it to, you know, a page that we flipped through and they've told me to stop on it. And I've got to hold that out in front of them because if I do, if, if it's close to me, then it's going to look like I'm looking in the book. And, you know, so I've got to have my arms fully extended and then somebody's got to reach in here 
you know, tickle my armpits, feed a microphone up to my face. And it's like, again, <laughs> these, these are problems that those are problems that by me procuring a microphone system, I can solve the next time I'm faced with this situation. The overwhelming amount of marijuana in the air that gets me secondhand high because I don't partake and therefore am, I guess you would say a lightweight, uh, that I can't really, the only way I can avoid that is to just not be in the room until it's time for me to go. Um, because I was in that room starting at four o'clock, the doors open for people at five, which means that party, so to speak, got started around five and I went on stage at eight 30. So I was, um, I was, I was, I was in outer space. Oh um, no. So, yeah, I think early on when you're, when you're venturing into something new like that, like me performing on stage, you, you try to learn as many lessons as you can and move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about you? What, what, what was, uh, anything from your week, Liz, that you can talk about? Oh, geez. You guys have had like a whole weeks of things. I mean, work, but that's not really anything I can or would be interesting to talk about, except that I've been doing it. I'm still working on training my dogs. It's coming along um, with that. So they're not the best, but they're not the worst anymore. They are learning to uh, at least stay long enough that I can get out the door without them running after me and bolting. So that's exciting. Um, I've been trying to get back into doing more art. Um, I set myself a goal that I'm going to try to fill up a sketchbook in three months. So it's a good goal to have for me. I mean, it's not like it impacts anyone, but you know, it gets me into doing creative things, which I think is probably good for my sanity and therefore good for the world. So that's been fun. That's all I got. Hey, it is what it is. Hey, the one cool thing, I will say this because you know, my performances have all been pretty local. So I've tried to change up the routine of what I've been doing so that people that come don't see something that they've already seen. I am fully confident that I can do everything I did on stage last night at another show, because even if people in that room show up, they're not going to fucking remember it. So <laughs> I'm pretty damn safe there. Um, Cause there was some cool shit that I did that I would definitely love to do again and will do again. Some stuff that I was like, eh, that didn't, that didn't land the way that I thought it would, but again, did it? I don't know because the fucking crowd, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And you never know. So one, one day people absolutely love it. And then those same people absolutely hate it. Kind of like Carhartt. Nice segue. Look, look at that fucking segue. So why, why am I bringing up Carhartt and, and people loving something and then all, all, uh, all of a sudden hating it? Because Carhartt is in the news. If you guys don't know who Carhartt is and somehow are finding out about this whole shenanigans by listening to this podcast almost a week after the shit hit the fan, probably. I don't know. It was earlier this week. Um, Carhartt, which is a uh, do they is it just clothing that they make? A clothes, I think, like outdoor stuff. Because the timing of this was the day that Jobeth messaged about this. I was like, are you serious? I just ordered a hat from them because it was cold. And I was like, I need a hat. And I hear they make good hats. And it three quarters of the Amazon reviews said this wasn't a knockoff, but it was very cheap. So it still could be. But I know they make good hats because I bought one. 
So yeah, this is a company that makes apparel and perhaps some other things that we don't know enough about and don't care to do the research on. Um, typically loved by right-wingers and, and Trumpers and, and uh, you know, anybody that's kind of there. Usually Which I did these. not know or else I wouldn't have bought it. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't think that they themselves... I mean, I don't know that they themselves are or are not a right wing company, but they've got fans who are. And they made a statement recently, I think this past week, about a vaccine vaccine mandate, a COVID-19 vaccine mandate within their company for their employees. And basically they got into the, I'm burning all my shit now, and I'm going to boycott this company from those nut jobs because they, they feel that unvaccinated workers are quote a risk our company is unwilling to take and you know as with any social media when something like this happens the snowflakes as they call themselves as they call themselves i believe is the appropriate uh descriptor here kind of took to the social media airwaves and and banging around in their echo chambers about boycotting this company and there are teary-eyed videos of of rednecks burning their their shirts and hats and whatever the hell they have and everything like that and you know people throwing this stuff if you're if you're a member of any sort of community you know your town message board or your county message board or a state message group or whatever the hell they are you know this stuff certainly ran through there and it you know it kind of got me thinking because a couple years ago with the um with the george floyd stuff after that happened certain people got a little more i guess true with themselves in what they were willing to share on social media um outed themselves as racists if you will and there there were at that period of time i found myself you know, removing and blocking certain people with certain mindsets from my social media feed, even in, and if I would see some of that stuff that was really over the top in, you know, in those kind of community boards, people that I didn't necessarily know, but decided that, hey, I don't want to know this person, I would proactively block people. Um, but this time, you know, with, with specifically with this, this topic, specifically with the the inoculations if you will the the vaccine for COVID-19 I kind of feel like fuck it the, the situation is going to take care of itself for these people I don't need to proactively block these morons because you know they're, they're going to do what they're going to do and I, you know to some extent I feel bad in certain situations um you know, I have, I, I, there are people that I know who literally, I mean, we've all had these conversations with people. We've all had conversations with those people that are like, this is bullshit. This is fake. This is all set up. Well, listen, let, let me, if somehow anybody with that mindset actually happens to be listening to this fucking podcast, which I doubt, but feel free to share it with them. Newsflash. <laughs> okay. If this were a setup, that had anything to do with getting Donald Trump not elected for a second term, removed from office, or any of the above, if it had anything to fucking do with Donald Trump's presidency, here we are a year 
into Joe Biden's inauguration and his first term as president, this shit would be gone. Okay, I'm going to say it a little bit more for the people in the cheap seats. If this were about Trump's presidency, it would already be over. And guess what? It's not. And there, there, I'm starting now to see people on social media that I have literally, you know, bit my tongue and was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Because you can't win. You don't start. The only way to win in those conversations that people try to start with you is to just not engage. So I, I learned very early on to bite my tongue in those situations, not engage that conversation with a person who already clearly has their mind made up, which is, you know, fair to say that I clearly have my mind made up as well. Um, but now it's, it's almost sad, although I have no fucking remorse to, to see the, the sad stories of close members of, of those people's family, including somebody's father, who I know that they were very, very close with, ending up in the hospital, a week later on a ventilator, a week later gone. And guess what, motherfucker, this fake shit, what happened with this fake shit? Like, how fake does it feel now? And... Did they change kind of their mindset after that happened? It's not a conversation that I have any interest in having. So if oh. I run into this person and they choose to share a changed mindset with me, I will I, I will feel worse for them if that happens, if, if that mindset actually changes. But we're talking about, I mean, we witnessed over the past six years the, the most brilliant fucking brainwash effort that I have ever witnessed in my entire life. And people are still fucking locked into this shit. So the, the fact that, you know, and, and look, here's a newsflash. All right. What is this? Episode number nine. Uh, we're, I'm going to point out this episode occasionally throughout the life of this podcast and say, hey, before you get too deep and invested in the fucking shit that you're interested in that we're talking about now, go back and listen to episode number nine and find out who I really am. Make up your mind before you waste your time getting invested in here. What kind of assholes we really are, because it, it it's I mean it's ludicrous. And those people, I would doubt that if another parent, the other parent, were to to succumb to the same fate, that this person's mind changes in any fucking way because they've been brainwashed. Like, I. I yeah, I'm happy to be an asshole for the right reasons. I don't want to be an asshole, but if I'm an asshole for saying like, get your fucking vaccine, then that's a label that I mean, I'll I'll accept given to me. Because... It's, it's not the way that I want to be a vac a, a, an asshole because it means people are are you know are dying and are are being led down some fucking path that is going to lead to their demise. You know, I want to be an asshole in ways like I don't know for the first five days that I got into the Wordle thing, I started all my puzzles with titty, you know, until Liz said, don't use a triple letter. And I'm like, I, I'm seeing the, the error in my, my efforts here. The word I like to start with is the word that, um, I think you're feeling now. Um, I rate, I rate. So you get an I and a T and an E uh -huh. and an R and an uh -huh. A that's, that's yeah. a good starter. I like that starter. Yeah. So I like to start there, which kind of sums up your feelings. But yeah, if I mean, words I that like... I have found 
that are very effective. If we want to jump into the Wordle conversation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a pivot, but that's that's fine. I, I, um, I like to start with words that I like. And then again, I've now smartened up because I want to solve the puzzles. Um, words that connect to me that don't have double letters and have those those good common letters are are poker, coins, magic. These are all decent ones that don't like don't have personal flair. Yeah. But again, when the day is over, when I know that you've done your puzzles, I always screenshot and send you my stuff. Um, my journey, um, not, not just word, the little grid. Yeah. The second word I like to use, I think, is pound, because after I rate, then you get the O and the U in there. Yeah. So you get all the vowels. I can relate to that, so, too. Um, did you do today's yet? No, I haven't. And okay. actually for the past like couple days, there have been at least two days out of the past, maybe, I don't know, two or three, whatever, where I've started it. And I'm like trying to think and think, and then I'm like, oh, I'll pause and I'll go back to it with like a fresher mind. And then I forget and I don't finish it at all. So Ariel, do you have comments on vaccines and or Wordle? I don't play Wordle. Um, I used to play something similar or maybe it was Wordle, but like five years ago. Um, vaccines, ugh, everybody knows my opinion. Just fucking do it. Or stay home in your dungeon. Or both. Yeah, because you're probably a trash human being if you don't have the vaccine. So go back to your dungeon anyway. <laughs> Or get vaccinated and stay in your dungeon. It's also fine. Like, you know, I hate staying in my dungeon. I've been doing it because I've been, you know, very concerned about, about COVID and it's made me a worse person um, for it because I feel like as an extrovert, I, I think I'm your classic definition of an extrovert where I get my energy from being out and doing things with other people. And the more that I just stew in my house, angry about all the people not getting fucking vaccinated, which causes me to need to continue to stew in my house. Like I just become a worse person, a worse human being. If everybody bucked up and got the fucking vaccine. All right. And let's, let's carve out a good 10% for people who have legitimate medical conditions. Okay. Cause I know that that's a thing. So I'm not trying to hate on those people. I get it. If we as a country were at a 90% vaccination level, we wouldn't be having this fucking conversation. People would not be dying at record rates. We would be back to fucking normal. My kid has met very few children in her small life because her entire existence has been in fucking COVID. And her social interactions have been very limited to like, you know, I mean, there are times when it's been a lull, but it's been like, this is, this is a trusted person that I know. So you may play with like these two children. And I don't know if I had a school age child and would I, would I take her out at homeschooler because I'm so paranoid? I don't know because I don't know that that would be good for her either. I'm glad, I guess I don't have to make those decisions, but like clearly as a, as a, you know, anxious person. And I mean that like, not in the trendy way, but like Clinically, these are conversations I've had with with my therapist multiple times. Anxious, like it's it's not a good place to be. 
Indeed, indeed. Get your so fucking. Again, nobody listening to this podcast is is probably on the fence about the fucking vaccine. So we we won't make this a PSA, but um. But it makes us feel good to rant a little. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Do you feel better? No, because I still have to go out in this shit world like the rest of us. But, yeah. you know, at least I've said my piece, right? There we go. Yeah. Do we, uh, we got any questions from the jury here before we? Um, we do, actually. Woo! I love the jury. Yeah, let me find them. Um, but while we're doing that, I will say that Wordle has become, I, it's so wholesome, right? I love that in the midst of all these shit fucking times, people are bonding over this silly little game that is nothing but good and wholesome and i don't know it just makes me really happy that this is something that we're enjoying together because we we need that and i think every once in a while i feel like the world wasn't you know a plague then but it's kind of how i felt when pokemon go came out and everyone was wandering around playing pokemon go and yeah. it was so silly, so fun. And I really, that was like a bright time in like, I think our collective lives when we could go out and see people doing this. And it's like, oh, you're doing this silly little thing that I'm doing that is just for fun and is not bad in any way. But then it still managed to get quasi politicized because we would rip on people who were on that yellow team. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that was obviously. <laughs> But so it makes me really happy. So we have um, we have a few um, questions from the jury and by the jury, I mean, my social media friends, um, because I actually I don't have that many social media friends because I delete everyone um, that is not like an active presence in my life. I don't use like my Facebook for like networking or getting to know people if you already know me then you want to hear all my bullshit ideas well now you can just listen to this podcast if you want to know my mm -hmm. bullshit ideas yeah. so they're out there um so well this was from a week ago and joe had said what the fuck is this wordle so yeah and now we've now we've gotten to I, i've now figured out what wordle is and i've jumped on the train and i've gotten i think seven out of eight correct and that is with me starting the first four with the word titty, a triple letter. They need to give a, a statistic for how many you've abandoned halfway through. Because <laughs> I, would See, I stick one. with it. I get it done. So I guess the question is, um, which I think um, is kind of a classic law question, a lawyer question, but maybe um, this comes from um one of my best friends Alyssa she wants to know what we think about law tv shows which I'm sure is a reoccurring topic um she mentioned SVU which I'm have a passing familiarity with she also mentioned Legally Blonde and how true those are to the actuality of things so um are any of you Law and Order fans do you have thoughts I haven't watched in a while I am not a Law & Order fan. I will say that I have issues with like other shows and this topic, like for example, um, I watch Billions and usually the characters will like 
everybody's trying to like get ahead and like catch someone by and make them owe them a favor so they try to bribe this one woman and what the thing that they're going to do to bribe her is to get a family heirloom that's an engagement ring back because the son's fiance didn't go through with the wedding and kept the ring and i was like this bothers me because this is just like basic contract law a wedding gift a wedding ring is a conditional gift if you don't get married the ring goes back to the person who gifted it like so there was no need to do this like illegal dodgy shit to steal this <laughs> ring back i was like okay you've done okay on like most of the other legal stuff in the show but you can't have like a legal show and then bribe somebody with something that would have won in court on summary judgment four seconds later so i digress that was my i was it's like it's not you- dramatic they don't have a show if they actually follow how boring and unexciting the law is but they Except that also there's a whole bunch of drama yeah that- there could have been so much other stuff like literally all they had to add was that like she wouldn't give it back or like she went off the grid or some stupid shit and it would have been better. But I was like, you're blackmailing somebody on like something they're legally entitled to that would take two seconds. Okay. And that's interesting because it's like contract law. It's not even like, Oh, they got like this criminal aspect wrong or something. It's like, even, even they're getting contract law wrong. Like, and that people don't even think that's a very like, fun area but yet you know it it still is kind of fun because there's always weird shit in every area and uh, I don't know I guess I wonder how many people how many other lawyers are out there watching that and screaming at their tv because I'm sure you feel some kind of you know silent solidarity with them and I feel like I'm a huge pain in the ass to watch law things with. And I keep trying to tell my, um, my family, they're like, oh, you'd like this movie. It's about a lawyer. And I keep telling them, I don't watch law shows. I don't watch law movies. There are a few exceptions, but because I mean, A, that's my job. I don't want to like watch my job for fun because it's just, I think that's a thing that most people feel. I don't know, maybe not. And B, I'm just going to be either picking it apart the whole time or just if it's, if it feels relatable, then I'm just going to be like, oh yeah, I get that. I know what they should do next. Oh, they're doing the thing they should do next. It's just, it's just not fun. And no matter how many times I explain it, um, and I think this was kind of, cause we were talking about rants. This is like another kind of rant that I have that's related is like, I think people, and I know we've addressed this before, see like lawyers, I think, particularly me, I don't know, because I think my whole life I was instructed to become a lawyer. And so I went, I, I became, I don't think I really had much of an option. Um, it was what I was told to do. And then I went and did it because I guess I'm an obedient person. Um, but like I'm many other things. And so they're like, this is about a lawyer. You will like it. And it's like, it's not, that's not how two things that they should have told us before. Like it should have been a prerequisite to the law school application. It wouldn't have changed my path 
and probably not yours. But they, they got to let you know that if you become an attorney, you, you're going to be subjected to two things. Number one, like you said, being being suggested all of these shows that are law related or law adjacent that that family members and friends are going to think that you by default have to absolutely love um, and you won't or even care to watch them and more things will piss you off than than you enjoy about them and that you're going to be asked about every fucking legal situation under the sun that you don't fucking handle yes like i was at um so our partner mark he's the one that's connected all those comedians and he had a party and one of the comedians was complaining about like you know oh when people find out you're a comedian at a party like they're like tell me a joke and they're like well that's my job so you know which is legit like that's your job you don't want to you know, just be made to perform all the time. And then like five minutes later, they said to me, oh, let me ask you a legal question. And I like stopped and looked them dead in the eyes. And I'm like, you do realize this is the equivalent of you're a comedian, tell me a joke at a party. And I was like, I'm happy to answer it if I can, but just that's exactly what happened. But they expect you to have the answer to everything and they expect you to do shit for them for free. Those are the other two things that come along with it. (laughs) And the thing is, I have actually done shit for free for my friends if they haven't asked, you know, if they're like, hey, I've got like, I got a traffic ticket. Like, what do you think? You think I should pay it? And I'm like, ah, I'll go to I'll go to court with you. Maybe you buy me some Starbucks after and like make a day of it, you know, but like, yeah, that. And then the other thing that really pisses me off and it, I feel like because I'm. <sighs> I don't want to say I'm an eccentric because I think that's like a little bit giving myself too much credit, but like, you know, I think we've talked about this before. I don't like to wear suits. I don't like to dress like a lawyer all the time. And so like, if I'm shopping and I like, you know, um, back in the the days, like I said, when I used to leave my house and not be paranoid, I like to wear fun shit. Like I love like black lipstick and like, you know, blue makeup and like, like Navy lips or whatever, like weird shit like that. And I'll buy it. And people are like, well, you can't wear that to court. Like, that's the only place I go. Like, I don't go anywhere other than court and home. And I'm like, yes, obviously. Like, I'm not wearing this lipstick while watching that dumb fucking TV show you told me to watch. So fuck off. Right? It's like people don't go and like buy like, you know, some shorty shorts. And I'm like, well, you can't wear that to your accounting job. Like, who does that? But yet I feel like with lawyers, it's always that's 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 it. And I'm like, you know, no, no. Uh, Duh, it's just that's a big rant that that I have. I don't want to help you for free. I don't want to watch your shows. And I don't want your opinions on what I can or cannot wear to court because I already have enough opinions on that that we've talked about. Mm. True story. Anything else? Oh. If you got questions, I do we have need a jury to step up. All right. Air quote law pod at gmail.com. Ask us anything. I've done a little digging that that little body of water that is uh, west of Wichita, Kansas is some sort of a reservoir. So I don't know who the fuck is listening from the the, the middle of, of a reservoir because I don't even think there's fish in that water. So you can't be out there fishing. Like, is there a cell phone tower or, or, or a 5G tower that's in the middle of that reservoir that you're pinging off of? Do you live in a van down by some river that's feeding into that reservoir? Like, I want to know. Come on, Kansas. Let's go. You we want one more jury you. question before we go? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. We got time. Okay. Well, I have a few more, actually. Um, one is um, 
one is the law one and then um we'll do a non-law one so the law one um that i know jobeth has a uh, quotable for um is what is an alford plate and this comes from um our friend will um tall will because he's can you repeat oh, that? this is something really inappropriate right that what I is say? an alford plea yeah you told me this when i was first so when i first started practicing law i worked for jobeth and um he taught me everything that he knew about criminal law which now is in my brain and now i know much more than him yes <laughs> very true i concede that point and without hesitation um the, but this is something jobeth told me so so an alfred plea is something that i believe is accepted in most u.s state ju jurisdictions because it's a supreme court case of alfred v north carolina if i remember correctly yeah I'm um, looking at you, Liz. Uh, yeah. But um, it basically the the we'll get into the explanation of the plea first and then my my little analogy for it second. Um, that way you have time to clear your kids out of the room before they hear the shenanigans that are going to come out of my mouth. Um, an Alfred plea is basically you you are pleading guilty, but as part of pleading guilty, a judge typically will ask the defendant if they are pleading guilty because, in fact, they are. Um, they, they want that admission on the record for a variety of reasons. Um, with an Alfred plea, you are not admitting that you did what you are charged with. However, you, you are admitting that you are making this plea because there is a lot of evidence that the state intends to present that is likely to cause a jury to convict you. And even though you claim that you did not do this, whatever the offense is, and, and the Alfred pleas, if they're accepted, um, can really be used for any offense, no matter how major or minor. Um, you are making this plea because the state has made a plea offer to you that is, is worth it, basically. Um, for all practical purposes it is a guilty plea and you know i the 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 analogy that i use this is the earmuff time get your kids out of the room is is that an alpha plea is like a reach around uh it might feel good but you're still getting fucked in the ass and that's 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 really what it is you can't hide the fact that a guilty plea is a guilty plea even though you're putting lipstick on the pig um so yeah, depending on what the next uh, question from the jury is, you can bring the kids back in the room. Your kids should not be listening to this fucking podcast. Okay, I got you. All right. But your dogs keep keep playing it for your pets. Yeah, play it for your pets. They need to know what Alfred pleas are and reach arounds. And um, they're probably home with you watching all those law TV shows anyway. Yeah, you so should be watching, them, not us. Content. Um. Okay, Ariel, this one is for you because I don't I don't think it's for Joe Beth. Um, were Ross and Rachel really on a break? <laughs> oh. And I guess from a legal standpoint, if we're thinking about it, what is what do we think is the legal definition of a break? And is the break the same as a breakup? Um, okay. 
a break is not the same thing as a breakup. These are not legal terms. This is just my personal opinion. But you're a lawyer. So, you know, clearly that's. So um, I would say from as as a person who's won therapy, I'm very qualified to answer this question. Uh, No, a break is when you intend to get back together. And the point of the break is to like reflect, work on yourself, think about the relationship and whether it's worth saving um, how you would try to save it and, and kind of taking some time to, to think it is not something you do if you want to just go hook up with another person and like not be responsible. If you've broken up, then you've broken up. Like you might be a trash human for going and sleeping with another person the next day, but you know, you have every right to, were they on a break? Yeah. But that doesn't mean, I, I don't think you, you don't have like a blanket right to just stop whoever you want when you're on a break because the point of the break is not to do things that are so hurtful to the other person you're in a relationship with that it, it causes more drama you're already on a break because you fucked something up or because you're haven't fucked something up you can be on a break because you just want to reflect and make sure that everybody's like not running on autopilot um because there's no way to have a relationship. That's how you end up with like divorced people in the middle of their life. They're just like, oh, wow, I really haven't thought about this relationship and what I wanted in a while. So those are, that's kind of my thoughts. So I guess they were on a break, but even if you're on a break, you're saying a break, a break is not a breakup. A break yeah. is, and I guess I haven't really thought of it that way, but a break, the goal of a break is to improve things. Yeah. Like, when you're on a break, you still, even if you decide to end the relationship, the point of a break is to do this in the best way possible. That's going to minimize the hurt between these two people. The, pur- the purpose of a break is being an adult, not a free pass to act like shit. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I like that. That is very, that is a very Ariel who is one therapy answer because I never thought about that. Jobeth, what are your takes? I declined to answer as the episode you were referencing is not one of the five that's in regular rotation anytime (laughs) I'm in a hotel. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, but, and I mean, it's funny because as like when I was younger and I watched that episode, I was very much like, well, they said break. He can like do whatever he wants because I was a youth and did not understand how things worked and how feelings worked and I I hope I'm a little better at feelings now I mean I am by no means a 100% well-adjusted human but I think I'm certainly on an upward trajectory where um although you know some people in in my past life I'm sure would beg to differ um that yeah it, it you should be doing things if you're taking a break it doesn't mean Like, obviously, someone's going to get pissed if you go right out and sleep with someone, because then everything else is unsalvageable. But I like Ariel's definition a lot more where it's, it's a time to make things better. I think this also has to do with age, like, in friends, I think they were like in their like 30s at this time, If you're taking a break, and you're like in high school or college you can best bet that the other person is going out to like have sex. They could be having sex while they're on the phone. Of course, they're not on the phone with you. They're young. 
while they're texting you that they want to be on a break, someone else is inside them or they're inside someone else. So that being said, breaks are for adults. This is not for kids. You're just on a breakup if you're a child. Just break up and get back together. (laughs) Yeah. Make your family suffer the saga. I have a friend right now who is on a break and I can tell you the fastest thing that would ruin that is if either of them like got got friendly with another person. This is, but yeah, adult breaks are hard, but, but necessary, I think in some cases. And with that said, we are going to take a break until our next episode. So listen to all the back episodes, tune in, send us some questions from the jury to airquotelawpod at gmail.com. This one is adjourned, everybody. Bye. Bye. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for The The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Electric acid.